theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Look at your neighbor before you're seated and tell them what you don't know can hurt you. Praise God. What you don't know can hurt you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you open up your Bible or Bible app uh, to the book of Exodus chapter 1, I'm going to dance through Exodus and Ephesians again. For those who perhaps were not with us this past Sunday, uh, we're so glad that you're with us today. Thank you so much for being here. want you to know uh, that you can go back and listen to last week's message uh, to kind of get you all caught up to speed, if you will. Now, uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a highlight, if you will, and then I'm going to turn the page. Uh, but before we do that, get your Bible or your Bible app on your phone. Get that out, if you will. We want to make this declaration by faith. Praise God. We always make this weekly declaration. How many of you love the Word of God? Praise God. Yes. Amen. Amen. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? You can repeat after me. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. Amen. You said it like you believe it. Praise God. Amen. Let's look at Exodus chapter 1, verse 10. Exodus chapter 1, excuse me, verse 1 through 10. Now, these are the names of the children of Israel who came to Egypt. Each man and his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All those who were descendants of Jacob were 70 persons. For Joseph was in Egypt already, and Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation. But the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied, and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. It's fascinating. They went in as a family, and they come out as a nation. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph, and he said to his people, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us, and so go up out of the land." Now, let's look at Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, we're going to go to 15 through 23. Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. Praise God. Somebody, when you have it, say, I've got it. Praise God. All right, amen. If you need a minute, say, hold up. Wait a minute. Praise God. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. Thank you, Jesus. Said it with conviction. I appreciate that. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 1, 15. I'm going to read through 23. Therefore, 
I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you. Making mention of you in my prayers, they have woven their lives, their faith has woven their lives into the heart of the Apostle Paul here and into their prayers. He says in verse 17 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you, this is his prayer, he says, I'm, I'm making mention of you in my prayers and when I do, I pray that God may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet. Like the song said, since it's under his feet, guess what? It's under your feet too. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I talked about last week the phrase, what you don't know can't hurt you. That's not the title of the message. It's a subtle but pivotal change in the message, but it's a popular idiom, one that we are very familiar with. It's a proverb of whose exact origins we do not know. Perhaps they're even unclear. It's been used for centuries, and some of us, probably even myself at some point in my life, have uttered, uh, uttered that like it was a, a measure of assurance or confidence, like what I don't know can't hurt me. Uh, it's almost to suggest that if I'm ignorant of certain problems or complications, that that will spare me from worry or stress. How many of you know that's a lie? The phrase means that being aware or unaware, excuse me, of a problem or potential harm would prevent me from being affected by it, by either saving me from worry or preventing me from taking action that might exacerbate the situation. But the reality of it is, knowledge is power. Thank you. Praise God. We believe in responding to the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God at Extraordinary Church. I'm here to tell you a counterstatement. What you don't know can hurt you. What you don't know can hurt you. We need to understand that knowledge is power. And the reality of it is, the more you know, the further you'll go. The more you know, the more you'll grow. The more you know, the more you'll see what God is doing. I'm here to dismantle this notion that ignorance can shield you from harm. I'm sorry, there's a Mack truck coming down the road. I don't want to close my eyes and pretend there's no Mack truck. I want to know so that I can get out of the way of the Mack truck. I want to know what's happening in my world. I want to know what's happening in my life. It's time for the church to pull our heads up out of the proverbial sand and understand what's happening in the spirit realm and understand what the word of 
the Lord speaking to us. It's time that the eyes of our faith be enlightened. Knowledge is power. The more you know, the further you can indeed go. It's beneficial for us to have this understanding. Can somebody say amen? I talked about it last week. We talked about the importance of getting into the word of the Lord. If you've not joined us during this time at Midweek Bible Connection, you need to pop in. You need to lock in because this series is going to bless you. Studying scripture. We want you to be able to study the word of God and to be encouraged by it. And I talked about how I have many different passions for many different books in the Bible because it's a collection of 66 books. Um, and I talked about, really, if you're going to go to one in particular, you would go to Genesis because that's where it all started. You can find every answer you need in Genesis. It's all there. But can I tell you, the one that has arrested my attention and leapt out at me here as of late is the book of Ephesians because Ephesians focuses on our identity. Somebody say identity. I told you this last week. I won't get bogged down by the analogies and the illustrations or the metaphors, but the reality of it is this. You and I will never operate outside of our perceived identity. You got to hear me on this. You got to let this get into your spirit because you have to understand that the way that you behave largely stems and comes from how you view yourself. How you have relationships with others, who you don't have relationships with, largely derives from how you see yourself. You and I have to have our identity firmly planted, not in our bank account, not in the affirmation of others, not in our degrees, not in a particular family lineage. We as believers of Jesus Christ need to have our identity firmly planted in the knowledge of him. And Ephesians tells us that we're blessed, tells us we're adopted, it tells us we're chosen, it tells us we're loved, it tells us we're predestined. I read this to you, Ephesians 3 through 14. I'm not going to read it to you right now, but what I want you to know is if you think you're forgotten, you can't be forgotten because he's adopted you. If you think you're unloved, you can't be unloved because you've been accepted into the beloved. If you think you don't have a future, you have a future because he's predestined to you. He's called you. If you will follow his will, he's predetermined the outcome. In other words, you win. I win. We win. Somebody ought to say amen to that. The word of God is a reality and it is truth. And what he says about a matter settles it. The reality of it is there used to be a t-shirt that said, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. But you could remove that middle line. God said it. That settles it. And I, 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 I want to say this to you. There are people, and I talked about this last week, who attempt to sound really spiritual. And uh, they have a facade of humility that's really not biblical. You all know the people that I'm talking about. Uh, they have a form of a godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They're, they're people that will say things like, it doesn't matter who you are. It just matters who Jesus is. I, 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 I dismantled that lie last week. It's partially true. Yes, it matters a whole lot who Jesus is, but it matters as well as who you are. 
It matters that you're born again. Let me just come and attack the notion that you are an accident. You are not an accident. You are not happenstance. I don't care in what nature you were conceived, whether it was a one-night stand or a loving relationship from a blessed marriage for 20 years, you are not an accident. You need to quit believing the lie of the enemy, thinking the circumstances from which you were born in determine your identity. I don't care where your mama met your daddy. I don't care where your daddy met your mama. I'm here to let you know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Quit believing the lie of the enemy and know that God has set you apart. God has called you. Quit listening to the lie of the devil. You've got purpose on your life. Somebody say purpose. You've got purpose and I want you to know that you are a child of God. You belong to him. Don't you ever let somebody tell you you're not important. Don't you ever let someone tell you that you have no value. If you had no value, he would not have robed himself in flesh and died a criminal's death for you and I. If you had no value, if we had no value, he would not have rose from the dead on the third day only to ascend into heaven and to offer up his spirit filling men and women from everywhere. What am I trying to tell you? You not only have value, you have significant value. You're important. And what you have to understand is your identity is not in the old man. Your identity is not in yesterday. Your identity is in Christ, in the new man, that regenerated man, that recreated man, that man that's been transformed by the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God. We celebrate what God is doing. That's part of the problem. If we would stop focusing on the past and stop focusing on what's not going well and celebrate that God's faithfulness has us here, God's faithfulness has kept me, God's faithfulness has brought me to this place, if we would just celebrate Celebrate and stop complaining. Stop looking back. We would know that he's been good. Woo, so we got to celebrate the presence of God. We talked about, I talked about this last week. And uh, uh, let me just say this. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm just going, I'm going to say it because I can't shake it right now. And I probably say it more often than I need to, but it's the reality. I want everybody to understand right now because I, I firmly believe that if it's in this book, we ought to experience it. I firmly believe that he didn't give us this book as as something to aspire to in the sense that it will never come to pass, like we romanticize about it or fantasize about it. No, no, no. What we read, not only should we be doing, but he said we would do greater works. The thing that we've got to understand, we've got to be careful what we are feeding our spirit person. What are you feeding your spirit man? What are you feeding the inside? Can I tell you, if you are consuming a bunch of junk, that is going to mess you up. You got to be careful. You just can't watch Netflix show after Netflix show after Netflix show and Amazon Prime show after Amazon Prime show. You just can't stroll through Instagram and TikTok and never feed yourself the word of God. Never feed yourself through prayer. You need to be encouraged. I'm telling you right now, some of you, if you'll just change your diet, if you'll just change your diet, you know what? When I begin to change my diet, I begin to 
it's crazy how I could begin to walk a little bit further and begin to run a little bit and then I could begin to exercise a little bit and I begin to behave differently because I was no longer consuming that junk. What I'm here to tell you is don't consume the things of the world thinking you'll understand who and who you are in Jesus Christ. It matters. It matters what you listen to. It matters what you watch. It matters and it affects who you are. So, don't get it confused. This Bible is not meant to confuse you. This Bible isn't meant to be some carrot with a stick dangling out in front of you, keeping you running. No, you're supposed to live this. We're supposed to live this. It's quite literal. I talked about it last week. It's literal plus, I mean, you take the word of God literally. Now, clearly there are times, and I spoke about this in uh, studying scripture. There are times that it is using metaphorical language. And you know what? For example, a, a psalm that we're very familiar with in the 91st Psalm, we'll talk about, it talks about how the Lord covers us with his wings. Well, the Lord does not have wings. But it is a metaphor, it is an analogy, it is an illustration to help us understand that he covers us like a mother fowl would cover her young. He protects us in that sense. So it is literal, when I told you I'm a literal plus person, it's literal plus historical. It's literal plus moral. It's literal plus scientific. Now, jumping on and moving ahead, we talked about this, this spirit of wisdom and revelation. This is important because Paul is so moved by faith. Can I tell you, faith moves not only God, but it moves people. There's something about people that have faith. Jesus said, I'm coming. When I come back, will I find faith on this earth? There's something about faith that grips the heart of God and grips mankind. People want to be in faith-filled spaces. I'm not talking about positivity. I'm talking about people that have the faith to pull on God, to pull on the promises of God and will stand and hunker down under behind the shield of faith. We need faith. Paul says, because of your faith, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. He says, as a matter of fact, every time I think about you, I'm thanking God. Faith produces gratitude. Can I tell you, if you're around people who are unthankful and they tell you they got faith, they're exposing themselves. The complainers, where's your faith? But Paul said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm moved. I'm thankful for your faith. He said, your faith is so contagious. It's percolating. It's percolating. It's, it's bubbling. It's, 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 you're ready for the next thing. Somebody in this place is ready for the next thing. There is a place beyond faith. There is a place beyond faith. And, and Paul says, I, I, I want you to get this because Peter said this. I, I mean, this is what Paul was saying. This is so deep. I, I can't articulate this. The only way I can articulate is like this because Peter did tell us. He said, you know, Peter, Paul, Paul's teachings, uh, they can be a little tough to understand. That's what he said. But if you, if you understand this, Paul is saying, I'm, I'm praying for you that... 
I'm, 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 I'm praying for you that the eyes of understanding would be enlightened. In other words, what I'm telling you is don't ever, we got to be careful not to operate with our natural eyes. Because yes, your natural eyes might be open, but you'll find yourself running right into a ditch. You've got to exercise your eyes of faith. Paul is not talking about their natural eyeballs. He's saying, you know what? I'm praying for you that your understanding would be enlightened. Because if you'll get this, or since you have faith, and I'm so moved by your faith, I'm going to pray three things. I want to tell you something, he says. I'm praying for you that this spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, let me just tell you. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. But this is why you have to be careful again what you watch and what you consume. Because goosebumps is not the Holy Ghost. I thought I'd get a few more amens on that. Praise God. The Holy Ghost is not in this place because we yell it. The Holy Ghost is not in this place because the volume is loud. I'm telling you right now, we have to discern, see, we have to discern what is the Spirit of God and what is not. Can I tell you, he said, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who? Him. Who is him? Jesus Christ. Not, this is not your third eye. This is not tapping in and, and rubbing some crystals and, and managing or stewarding or navigating your energy. The question is, what is the Spirit saying? And how we get in touch, you need to know you are spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings, and as a matter of fact, the spirit realm is the real realm. It's holding up what we do not see. We don't get in touch. I understand God saves the totality of who we are, but we do need to understand that when we exercise our faith and we connect to him in the spirit, we don't use our flesh, our carnal mind, our carnal understanding, not our natural man. We need to tap in. This is why I'm a firm believer of being a worshiper and a praiser because that's how we entertain his presence. That's how we tap into his presence. Do I have anybody that loves to praise the Lord? Don't let your flesh dictate. That's the problem. You need to hear me. Some of us are allowing our flesh to dictate I don't know about you, but I'm not going to let my flesh determine what God wants to do or not do in my life. Because if you do, listen, I don't want to sound super spiritual, but somebody, some people think the pastor's super spiritual. I can assure you right now, angels don't gently wake me up by blowing in my ear saying the Lord wants to speak to you, Pastor Akil. No, 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 no. I pray until I want to pray. Y'all didn't catch that. I read my Bible till I want to read my Bible. What am I telling you? If you let your flesh dictate to you what's going to happen, you won't get very far. 
Don't let your flesh determine your walk with God. There's got to be something on the inside of you, your spirit man, that says, I'm coming after you. I have made up my mind. I have drawn the line. I'm pursuing you with all that I have. And God is a rewarder of them that diligent, diligently seek him. Don't give up when you don't feel his presence in two minutes. Don't give up when you don't sense his presence in five minutes. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep declaring. Keep worshiping. Keep seeking. Keep trusting and declaring. I'm Keep praising. Why? Because he inhabits the praises of his people. So we're, we're seeking him. You, our flesh is not how we connect with him. And, uh, Paul says, I don't cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. What's happening is often for them what's happening in the natural when a new child is born. I mention this because when a new child is born, a newborn babe, their vision is not crystallized or clear until six to nine months in the process. Uh, we think they're responding to us because they see us. No, they're responding to our voice. Now they see shapes and they see form, but they don't seem with great clarity until about six to nine months in. And pray, Paul prays for their eyes to come open. See, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's very much like if you, uh, if you it's, it's interesting, you could be even in your own, oh God, this is the Holy Ghost, help me, Jesus. You could be in your own house, knowing how to walk around, knowing what you have, knowing the landscape, but many of you, I know I do, will turn on the light nonetheless. We turn on the light so there is an illumination happening, so that we can see what's ahead of us. And guess what? Here's the reality of it. I have access to everything that's in my house. But I don't see all of it until I turn on the light. What am I trying to tell you right now? The Holy Ghost just wants to turn on the light so that you can see what you have. You've got everything that you need and then some. But what we need to do is ask the Lord, open, enlighten our eyes so that we can see. But what some of us are doing, we're walking with uh, uh, trepidation, we're walking with hesitation, we're walking with uncertainty, maybe with even an element of fear. Because y'all know how you do when the light ain't on in the house. Why is it? And you don't have to be afraid. The Lord's like, everything in here is yours. Go get it. I need somebody to get a hold of this thing and say, I'm going to get it. Come on, I need somebody to say, I'm going to stop walking around blind. Lord, you're going to open my eyes. I'm going to get everything that you have for me. I'm going to fulfill my purpose and plan that you have for my life. I'm not going to sit back and hesitate. I'm not going to second guess. I'm going to move forward in faith. He says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And he, he focuses on three things here. He wants them to know three things. The three things are, what is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And then what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe?
according to the working of his mighty power. Paul specifies three things, the hope to which they have been called. That's the first. You know what Paul is talking about here? What he's saying is this. You need to understand. See, some people don't understand hope. Like we hope, oh, I hope I win the lottery. I hope my wife remembers my birthday. I hope, you know what, I hope so-and-so is going to want to hang out. No, 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 no. This is not that kind of hope. What Paul is wanting them to understand is you have an expected end. You have an expected end, okay? He's telling them God's got something good for you. It's so good that when he filled you with his spirit, that was just like an earnest deposit. Just a, a down payment, if you will, on what's to come. He was like, eyes haven't seen and ears have not heard what God has in store for you. If you just realize this, he says, you know what? There's this riches of the glory in the inheritance or of his inheritance in the saints. It's with the people of God. The second thing he says, the glory. This is, this is crazy. The glorious abundance of this inheritance in the saints. He talks about what we're going to have and what we get with the people of God and the promise of his spirit and how God moves. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And then the third thing. I talked about layaway last week, but I didn't get a chance to unpack the third thing. He wants us to know the hope of his calling. He wants us to know the inheritance of his saints. And the third thing he wants us to know, the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. I'm going to say that one more time. He wants us to know the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Paul is saying, see, I'm already here. I'm going to lump myself in this thing because I believe and I've experienced the power of God. God wants you to know the exceeding greatness of his power toward those who believe. Well, I don't know if I believe like you believe. That's okay. You can believe what you want to believe. But I know that my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think according to the power that works in us. That's why I seek him. He is my employer. That's why I seek him. He is my source. When I need something new, I ask him and he provides. God. When I want to go on vacation, I seek him and he provides. You know how I know? Because he's done it before and he'll do it again. He is my source and my provider. I've seen his exceeding great power working in my life. And I'm here to tell you it's to those who believe. Don't you limit God. Don't put a lid on God. God wants to be let out of the box to do something miraculous in your life. Not only can he save you, he can save your family. He can heal you. He can heal your broken heart. He can heal that cancer. He can deliver you. He's a way maker. He can do it for his glory. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. He's able got to be careful who you judge because they got something from God that you don't understand. 
See, we got people in here, they got joy. And you can't understand why they're always clapping. And why they're always shouting. And why they don't care who has an attitude and who does have an attitude. Because they got something that you don't understand. See, you, you can't judge them because they come in smiling and they come in dancing, ready to laugh and, and laugh and worship and give God praise. They'll talk to anybody and everybody because God has got, revealed their power in their life. You can't judge somebody based upon how they look or how they don't look. You can't judge somebody because of who their mama and daddy is. You can't think that they've earned it. No, no, no. They got it because they believed God. Even when they felt disqualified from him, they believed God against all things, trusted in a God whose promises cannot fail. I'm not blessed today because I earned it. I'm blessed today because I believe he is who he said he is. I'm not, God, I, I need some blessed folks to holler in this place. I need you to praise God that you know you're blessed. Come on, somebody give him praise. I'm blessed because God is good all the time. I'm blessed because when I believe the doctor said I was sick and there was no way out, God said I can. I'm blessed because when the banker said you can't afford it, God said I already gave it to you. Come on, you're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. God is no respecter of persons. But he is a respecter of sacrifice and faith. You cannot be blessed if you don't believe God. You, you know what's interesting? We would rather have God's pity. Than his blessings. Some of us just, Lord, life is so hard. Won't you just pick me up? Hold me close. Tell me everything's gonna be okay. You know what? Stop operating from a place of pity. I'm not saying he won't care. I'm not saying he won't pour in healing oil in your womb. I'm not saying he won't love you with a love that's supernatural. I'm not saying he won't speak past every hurt, hang up that you have had. I'm not saying he won't cancel every curse. I'm not saying he won't listen to you and be there for you and won't run away from you. You sought the Lord and he'll answer. However, when are you going to stop operating from a place of pity and operate from a place of victory? When are you going to stop operating from a place of want and operating from a place of blessing? I'm blessed coming in and going out. I'm blessed in the city and in the field. I'm the head and not the tail. The blessings of the Lord are on my life and they make rich and add no sorrow to it. God is blessing me. He keeps on blessing me. He blesses me like I'm an only child. I stand on his word and I take him at his word. I watch him do what only God can do. I believe God. I am blessed. I am highly favored. I am his child and his son. And he's never laid on his child support. God always makes a way. He is for me. And if he is for me, the whole world can be against me. I am his, his beloved. I'm adopted by him. I'm cared by him. I'm his and he is mine we're no longer a separate entity the moment I received his spirit baptized in his name he and I are one 
Can I tell you, he will not feel sorry for you just because you've had a bad life. But what he will do is pick you up. And he will turn it around if you keep trusting him. He will take what's bad and turn it into good. Praise God. See, God's power is more than sufficient. Somebody say more than. It's more than sufficient. My God, you need to understand you are blessed. Why am I preaching? Why am I sweating? Because I'm trying to get you to understand who you are in Jesus Christ. And if you'll take him at his word, something will begin to shift in your understanding. Your spiritual eyes will be opened. Oh, my God, you are blessed. 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 I'm not saying this big. Hear me. I'm going to burst your news right now. You're not blessed because of your bank account. You're blessed because he said so. You're not blessed because of your degree. You're blessed because he said so. You're not blessed because you got a thousand or two thousand Instagram followers or whoever many. You're blessed because you're his. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. Somebody say, I'm blessed. Whew. And he gave a spirit of wisdom and revelation. He opened your eyes so that you would know that you would know these three things. What is the hope of his calling, the riches of his inheritance and of the, of the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Now hear me carefully. Hear me. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. He does not pray, God, give them a call. He doesn't pray, God, give them an inheritance. He doesn't even pray, God, give them I'm going to shout on this one. He prayed. Help them see what they already have. Oh, if somebody would get a hold of what you already have. I've come with some good news today. I'm not praying for God to give you a calling. I'm not praying for God to give you a revelation of the inheritance. I'm not praying for God to give you power. I'm praying that you'll see you already have it. Oh, my God. Tell your neighbor, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. What you crying about? You've already got it. What you waiting on? It's already a done deal. What are you expecting? It's already been provided. Are you ready? I got something for you. God is not about to do anything for you. You're about to have a revelation that it's already done. The moment you see it's already done, it'll get dangerous in this place. Ooh, somebody will understand 
they are armed and loaded. They are ready for war. God is about to break somebody out of the bonds of religion. The moment you get this revelation, God's about to snatch somebody up out of the ignorance. I'm telling you, the you're not waiting on anything. God's waiting on you to get a revelation that it's already done. It'll snatch you up out of that depression. It'll snatch you up out of that funk. It'll snatch you up out of that confusion. It'll snatch you up out of that heartache. It'll snatch you up out of that backward thinking. And you'll be able to walk forward. You'll be able to talk forward. You'll be able to live forward. You'll be able to walk into what God has for you. I'm not waiting. It's here. It's here. It's here. It's here. It's here. It's here. You've got the goods to turn the world upside. Oh, my God, I wish we could get it. Lord, help us to get it. Help us to see it. Open the eyes of our understanding. Watch this. Watch this. Why, 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 Akil, did you read from Exodus? Because it's interesting. I wanted to show you that Israel was mightier than they knew they were. Look at verse 7, Exodus 1 and 7. Watch this. This is crazy, Amber. Watch this. But the children, the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied, and grew exceeding mighty. And the land was filled with them. Look at verse 8. Watch this. This is crazy. Now, See, there's a now moment. I told you, grammar matters. Now, there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. Now, when you look at verse 8, now symbolizes chronology, what's happening. There's a moment in time where the people of God had favored with the Pharaoh because of his relationship with Joseph. Now, there arose a new king. Something has changed. This, this is a loaded statement, but what's it's essentially articulating in that, say, saying that in previous days, Israel had favor with Egypt because Joseph had a relationship with Pharaoh and Pharaoh died, and a new one rose up who did not know Joseph. So Israel's favor with Egypt expired. Look at verse 9. Now, what you. This is crazy. You. you, you Verse 9 says, and he said to his people, look, do you not see what we see? Oh, excuse me, what I see? The enemy, the opposition. Can see the reality. Can see the truth. 
But what's crazy is the people of God don't see it. Pharaoh has to say to his own people, look, look, the people of the children of Israel are more, are more, are more. Mightier than we. Look, they're mightier than us. There's more of them. You might think the next verse would say, don't show it. You might think the next verse would say, and Israel came in and took what belonged to them. You, if, if you didn't know what was happening, you would be like, oh, they're about to occupy. They, they, they overthrow Pharaoh and his people. You, you, you would think that if, if I were reading that, this is what I would think. I would think, oh my gosh, they've got it. But here's the crazy thing. Here is the crazy thing. How in the world, if they are more than and mightier than, how does Egypt keep them in slavery? I'm going to tell you before I read you the verse. What you don't know. them 400 years. And from day one, they were already more and mightier. So, how does, how does Pharaoh pull this off? Can I tell you right now? He does it through ignorance, Pastor Barry. Right now, under the sound of my voice. Ignorance has made some of you slaves to certain spirits. Right now, right now, some of you, under the sound of my voice, ignorance has you slave to the opinions of others. Right now, right now, some of you are ignorant And because of your ignorance, you are a slave to others. See, you, just stick with me. You're a slave to something. Watch this. That you actually have authority over. What you don't know can hurt you. We love to shout. We love to praise. 
And we ought to. Shouting is great. Praising is good. But you better get you some knowledge. You better get you some knowledge to shout on. And let me help you. Some understanding. So that you know why you're praising and shouting. I'm not shouting if he's under your feet, he's under mine too, because I'm ignorant. I don't shout because of what I don't know. I shout because of what I do know. I'm not shouting because I don't, oh my God. I don't shout because I got a beat, I got a Hammond organ packing me up. I shout because I know what's in the book. I'm telling you right now, I shout because I know the promises of God are yea and amen. I shout because I understand greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I shout because he'll give me a peace when all hell is breaking loose that will sustain me and keep me, rule and reign and govern my heart. I shout because I know that I know look at the people children of Israel they are more and mightier than we and you might expect don't, don't show the next verse yet you might you might expect it to say man There's no mention of the Red Sea. You might expect it to say they took over Egypt. Dominated. But that's not what it says. Look, they don't kick Egypt's tail. Look at what happens. Look at verse 10. Come. Let us deal shrewdly with them lest they lest they multiply and it happened in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us and so, go up out of the land. Now, this is crazy because I'm, I'm not done. This, so, I'm going to show you what shrewdly means here in a moment. But watch this. Look at verse 11. Therefore, this is again language. Therefore, because they dealt shrewdly with them. And they didn't understand who they were. Therefore, are you hearing me? If you don't know who you are in Jesus Christ, watch what's going to happen to you. This ain't me making this up. This is in the book. Therefore, you will have taskmasters over you. To afflict you. Their burden. Is this settling in? Do you understand the spirits of this? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. Do you understand that if you don't know who you are in Christ, these taskmasters, some of you right now, 
are, some of you think you're losing your mind. It's because these spirits are oppressing you. Some of you haven't had joy. I'm, I'm come, I've come to attack this thing in the name of Jesus. I'm going to break the back of this thing. Somebody in this place wants to be free. Some of you can sit and look cute all you want to. Some of you, I'm looking at you, you're bound and you just want to be free. I'm telling you right now, the Holy Ghost is here to help you and set you free. That oppression wants to leave, but it won't leave until you get an understanding of who you are in Jesus Christ. They will set taskmasters over you to afflict you with their burden. And because they were afflicted, because they were oppressed, they did the work of the enemy. It's crazy. The people were crying for deliverance. All the while, building supply cities. and Ramses. God, I feel like something is rising up in the Holy Ghost. Somebody is getting this thing. Somebody's getting a hold of this. Somebody's fixing to be set free. Why? Because whom the Son is set free is free indeed. Somebody's fixing to get their identity. Somebody's fixing to understand your identity is not in your performance. Your identity is not in the affirmation of others. Those things will be taskmasters over your life. They will afflict you with burdens that you weren't designed to carry. And all the while, you know what you're doing, what those supply cities are. They're strongholds. The Lord has given me all of this right now. This ain't even in my notes. These things are strongholds. But I've come in the name of Jesus Christ to tear every stronghold down. The spirit of Python and Ramses is coming down in the name of Jesus. We serve a God who is greater, who is able to conquer, and we know who we are. Come on, I need somebody giving praise. I need somebody to begin to pray in the spirit. I need somebody to begin to war in the spirit and say, I'm coming out. Come on, I need us to pray. I need us to tap in. Something is coming down. Come on, we need to begin to war in the spirit. You need to begin to attack some things. I'm telling you right now, all hell isn't breaking loose in your family. You've allowed taskmasters to afflict you and your family. You've allowed taskmasters to afflict your children. And you're setting up strongholds, but they're coming down in Jesus' name. How in the world, I need somebody to pray. How in the world did a group of people who were more than them, mightier than them, find themselves doing work for the enemy? They didn't know who they were. So, hear me. Hear me. You know why? You know why?
You want to know why? You want to know why some of you are miserable right now? You're experiencing a paradox. Lord, I thought I was living for you. How can I be living for you, yet be miserable? You're using your strength and resources to build for Pharaoh. There's got to, somebody's got to get a fight back. I feel like I'm fighting against something in the spirit. Somebody's got to get a fight back to say enough is enough. I've had all that I'm going to take. I understand who I am. I'm not going to let these things torment me, torment my marriage, torment my family, torment my legacy, torment my lineage, torment my purpose. The devil is a liar. I'm no longer going to believe his lies. I'm no longer going to fund and work. I am going to do what God has called me to do. I am who you say I am. I am. I belong to you. Who you are in him. See, you, this is crazy. If you know who he is and you know who you are in him, you, you just can't sit in church. This is, this is why. Lord, the Lord, I'll tell you what I feel. The Lord told me there was going to be a prophecy in this house. There's a prophetic unction coming upon me in the name of Jesus. This word is for somebody. Somebody's getting an understanding. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. I need you to begin to pray. Come on, something is happening. In the name of Jesus. Come on, it's happening in the name of Jesus. Come on, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how you fight in the spirit. I'm about to read the eulogy to this thing. Let me tell you how we're going to eulogize this and break the back. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm commanding right now every spirit that is contrary to what you're doing, it is up and out. The blood of Jesus Christ is against it in the name of Jesus. The work that you did at Calvary, atoning for the death and sin for all of us, God, and raising yourself from the dead has broken the back of every authority that is not of you. You have empowered us and strengthened us to walk victoriously in you in the name of Jesus. Here's what I'm about to do. I am fixing to pray 
or read the Word of God. I'm going to read Ephesians 1, going through verses. I'm going to start at verse 3, and I'm going to go until I feel like I need to stop. What am I doing? I'm eulogizing this thing. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. In the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. According to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace. By which he made us accepted in the beloved. Do you know what I'm doing? I'm destroying what you don't know. In him, verse 7, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, and he purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth in him. In him we also have obtained an inheritance. You have obtained, you have obtained, you have obtained, you already have, it's yours. This inheritance belongs to you. It's got your name on it. It's in your possession. You can utilize it. You can activate it. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In him also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who was the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. I want us all to stand. Some of you may do this. Some of you may not. I love you all. You'll do what you. You'll do what you do. He's given you free will. I want to encourage some of you. When you get home, musicians, you can come. Take your Bible. Open up Ephesians 1 when you get home. And read the eulogy of what you don't know. Because we're burying it. We will no longer believe a lie that we're hoping will one day turn into a blessing. We're already blessed and not cursed. We're already the head and not the tail. He chose us. He adopted us. He predestined us. He saved us with his blood. Let the devil worry. Let hell stay up all night long wondering 
May your feet hit the floor tomorrow morning with an assurance and let the joy of the Lord be your strength because of who you are in Christ. Oh, help us, Lord. You know what's crazy? I was listening to my, my friend. He confirmed something for me. I told you this, babe. Aaron. Aaron and Cindy. Aaron was preaching earlier this week. He said something, Pastor B, that spoke to me. I felt like it confirmed everything for me. I hadn't even seen this, and I thought, Lord, you're just confirming part two for me. I want to show you something. And then I'm, I'm done. Go to Joshua 2, 8. He took me there, took us there this conference, he said, look at Joshua 2, 8. Now, before they lay down, they sent Joshua. They, they were commissioned to conquest. And as they were commissioned to conquest, to go into the land, they're at this place. And Jericho was ahead of them. They send spies. Joshua sent spies. And they know they could spy out the land. So now, before they lay down, she, being Rahab, was a harlot, she came up to them on the roof and said to them, look at what she says. I know. I know the Lord has given you the land. She's not even an Israelite. She knew what Pharaoh knew. She knew what even some of them didn't know. She said, she said, we know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants, all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. But we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of Jordan, Zion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed, and as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. understand who you are. Come on all over this place. I want to I'm going to continue to pray but I, I feel like there's a shift. Somebody's beginning to get it. Somebody's no longer settling. Somebody's no longer resigning. Nobody somebody's saying I'm no longer going to to work and store up strongholds. I'm not going to fortify these things 
they're coming down because I know who I am in Jesus Christ. We're about to worship, but I need some people who are willing to come and pray. I want our prayer team to come on up here, and then there's some people who are willing to come on up here as well and say, you know what? Hey, this is for me. This is for me. This is for me. Something has to shift. Something has to break. Something has to turn. Something has to move. Something has got to be pushed back. Something has got to shift in this atmosphere in my life, on my home. Come on, something is happening here in the name of Jesus. Come on, it's for you, it's for you, it's for you, it's for your children. Come on, it's for your children's children. I'm referring to the Holy Ghost. It's to all of them, as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm telling you, it's for you. The joy of the Lord is for you. The peace of God is for you. The victory that the Lord has for you is for you. Why don't you begin to lift your hands at this altar? Why don't you begin to lift your hands all throughout this auditorium? And why don't you begin to pray? Why don't you begin to worship? Why don't you begin to seek the Lord? Why don't you begin to seek him? We're going to begin to sing and our ministry team is going to begin to come around and pray with you and for you. We're going to begin to lean in and we're going to begin to declare the word of the Lord. Come on in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.